Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to Holy Conversations, the podcast of the Wesleyan Covenant Association. I'm Bob Kaler, along with my co-host, Stephanie Greenwald. Stephanie, how are you on this fine April morning? I am doing great. Love the month of April as we get moving into spring and things are good here in Oklahoma and I hope things are good there in Colorado. We got another snowstorm coming tomorrow. So <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> our, our, our weekly uh, 16th iteration of winter coming back oh, wow. again <laughs> wow. this week. And Carolyn Moore is with us today. She is the chairperson of the Global WCA Council. Uh, Stephanie, uh, do you want to introduce her more formally to our audience? Yes, I would love to. Always love having Carolyn with us. As Bob said, she is the chairwoman of the WCA Global Council, also the pastor of Mosaic Church in Evans, Georgia. And, and if you're interested in hearing more about that, you can go back to last season's episodes when we interviewed Carolyn. She gave us a little more insight into her church there, which was really great. I just I remember I loved hearing about that. But Carolyn, how are you doing this morning? I am great. It's really great to be on with you guys, and I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Well, you bet. It's good to have you on. I know it's going to be a great podcast. I'm excited for the things that you have to share with us today. And so uh, just to dive right in, we know there are a couple of big events coming up for the WCA at the end of April. Uh, The Global Legislative Assembly is happening on April 30th, and then the Global Gathering is happening on May 1st. This is all taking place in Montgomery, Alabama. So let's first talk about the Global Legislative Assembly. Can you tell our listeners listeners really what that is, who participates in that, and what kinds of decisions will be made at this year's assembly. Absolutely. Um, Just so, you know, to kind of make sure everybody's on the same page, we have WCA regional chapters all across the United States and around the world. Uh, Each chapter is entitled to elect a set number of delegates to attend our global legislative assembly. And this will be our third year doing the global assembly. There are 300 delegates that uh, uh, make up the equal number of clergy and laity representing their chapters. And, and I'm pretty amazed, actually, the, at latest count, 270 of those, uh, those delegates would be, will be in Montgomery with us. So there's, a, um, there's strike one against the pandemic, right? Take that pandemic. Right. <laughs> we're, right. we're gathering. It's going to be great. We're really grateful for our, to our host for making that happen for us. And, and then there are going to be those who can't join us in person, delegates in Africa, Eurasia, the Philippines, and, and some in the U.S. But we've, um, we've got media technology uh, spanning that gap. So they'll be able to participate with both voice and vote. We will um, we'll have meetings with them in advance to make sure that all of their questions are being answered as far as the work of the Global Legislative Assembly. And then they'll be able to participate with voice and vote at the assembly itself. And so, so at the last assembly, uh, the, the, the delegates authorized the creation of at least a, it's probably a half a dozen ministry task force groups. Uh, and so this at this assembly this year, those delegates will be able to formally receive those reports and a set of recommendations from each group resolutions. Uh, those are some really wonderful tasks. I mean, I have been amazed. Bob, you'll probably be able to say the same thing since you sit on the council as well I, at the level of dedication and granularity, but also big picture 
kind of vision casting that these task groups have been able, task teams have been able to offer us. And they'll be able then to come back with concise reports and resolutions for these delegates to vote on. Um, and we'll also have the opportunity to endorse a couple of things, the protocol for reconciliation and grace through separation, uh, which has, uh, it has languished between canceled and delayed general conferences, but we just want to say to the world that this still matters to us. This protocol is our, is still our best opportunity for amicable separation. And we firmly support that. And we'll also have a, uh, the opportunity to endorse the creation of the Global Methodist Church in formation. And you heard just two or three weeks ago about the, um, kind of the unveiling of that work that we've been doing. So it should be a very productive, very exciting day. That's what's on tap for April 30th. And then Saturday is the global gathering, which is the more public um, opportunity for people to jump online and to be part right. of it because the, the global legislative assembly is not being broadcast, right. um, but the global gathering is being broadcast. Yes. Although we will, certainly provide a summary of what takes place at the, the Global Legislative Assembly afterwards. The Global Gathering has an impressive lineup of speakers. This is our kind of our, our pep rally each year in many ways. <laughs> I think that's, that's kind of uh, been, the, been the case. And you're yeah. speaking this year, and yes. there are a number of other uh, great speakers this year who are coming to, be, to Montgomery to be part of that. So What's the theme of the gathering? Who are some of the speakers? Uh, what are you most excited about? I love that uh, thought of it being the pep rally. Um, and I hope we continue this just as a side note. I really hope we continue this pattern of having the Global Legislative Assembly, where the work of, uh, of our organization is done, but also the wider opportunity for anybody and everybody to participate in hearing and understanding the vision of the movement. Uh, because so often, you know, in our current setup in the United Methodist Church, uh, our annual conferences meet every year and those who are elected to annual conference get to be part of that. And those who are elected to jurisdictional conference get to be part of that. And those who are elected to general conference get to be part of that. But the average person who's sitting in the pew or the chair, they never get the feeling of being part of the whole. So this is your opportunity, uh, listener, to be part of the big picture vision. And that's, so I really encourage you to be part of the online experience if you're not part of the in-person experience. And there will be both this year. So the theme is go global, which is <laughs> awesome to me. <laughs> I wanna tell you that from the very beginning, I mean, years ago, I was listening to a general conference session uh, and, and it was the first time it had ever been brought up um, at United Methodist General Conference, that this idea of, of kind of dividing the church up uh, by continent. And I thought to myself, the day that we no longer feel like a global connection is the day that I'm no longer interested. Because I think if it's not Christ for the whole world, it's not Christ. He's not Christ for any of it. So, um, so this really feeds my soul, this idea of, 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 a, of a conference that is centered around this theme of going global. Let's do the work of Matthew 28, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Um, so that's the theme. 
and how and how fitting as we prepare to launch the Global Methodist Church uh, at the earliest possible date. Um, it's an honor and privilege to be part of this lineup of speakers. Uh, Dr. Tim Tennant will kick us off. He's the president of Asbury Theological Seminary, and he is certainly the right person to kick off uh, a, a conference under the theme of going global. He has been missional and uh, in his both his practice and in his academics all along. He's written the book, literally written the textbook on world missions. He has such a, a high level understanding of what it means to preach the gospel and to send the gospel into the unreached people groups to finish the work of, of evangelism. So he will kick us off. Uh, Ms. Crystal Gauld, a uh, dynamic young laywoman from the Eastern Pennsylvania Regional Chapter, will also speak. Bishop Edward Kegay, the leader of, uh, of the Eurasia Episcopal area. Uh, Reverend Eric Huffman, which I've just uh, recently come to know better uh, through our work in really understanding how to make disciples who make disciples. There's a whole group of us who are just learning how to do that. And uh, so he'll be with us, the lead pastor of the story in Houston, Texas. And the Reverend, uh, John Reverend Dr. Jonathan Rison, a leading clergy member in the Philippines and a member of the WCA Global Council. And my dear friend, the Reverend Dr. Uh, Brian Collier, who is the lead pastor of The Orchard, based in Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, uh, the, the, the Orchard in Tupelo has their roots in United Methodism, but, but I'm going to tell you, Brian is extremely committed to the next Methodism, and, um, and, and he and his church, have had, they were part of the early days of the WCA, and their, their, their commitment to the global Methodist church has never waned. And they have really in many ways been a prophetic presence among us of what can be. Mm -hmm. so that's the lead up. That's the lineup. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yes. Oh, it's going to be such an exciting weekend. I'm really excited mm -hmm. for our listeners to get to hear that if they're able to come or they're able to join online. So let's talk about this time of waiting that yeah. we are in. Um, obviously we're waiting until 2022 now to, uh, right. have the general conference meet and in hopes that we might be able to then launch the new global Methodist church. So what role do you see the global legislative assembly and the global gathering playing for the WCA during this interim time? Well, I, I, I think at least this time is a, it's sort of the team getting back to the locker room and reminding ourselves that we're still in the game and, uh, and um, that, that while we've had some setbacks that are due to the pandemic, I mean, we have to acknowledge all of us that were there not a pandemic, there would have been a general conference in May 2020. And there would have been a declarative motion on the protocol in May 2020. It's the pandemic that has held us up. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, so now we're back in the locker room saying, okay, folks, the game's not over. Uh, the, we're, we're still in this and we, we, we want, we in the, in the WCA, we in, who, are, who are envisioning together a, the global Methodist church, we are hungry to see an amicable separation that gives honor in the ways it can be given to every party. So um, if, if, if there were no pandemic, we would, this would be very different. <laughs> this would be a very different gathering uh, this year. We, we would be probably having a convening conference instead of uh, what we've got, and uh, which is a, 
uh, as you said, Bob, a pep rally and a, and a, and a recircling around the big picture vision. Um, so uh, uh, this past year has been to say the least discouraging, but we need to keep pushing forward. We need to stay in the race, as Paul says, and we especially need to keep our eyes on our vision and the formation of the next Methodism, the global Methodist church. And we need to join together to worship and praise God and to hear uh, to hear sisters and brothers challenge us to go global with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to be reminded again of what our end game is and what our movement is about and the good things about it. I think there's a lot of discouragement, not just uh, inside United Methodism and the Global Methodist Church, there's a lot of discouragement in the world. We and in the United States, man, we are we're being hammered. We need a time to really gather around vision again and to remember that these are great, deep, faithful people doing great, faithful work. And uh, so, where's your part in this? You know, where is your part in the whole? And uh, how can you go home and keep telling the story? It's going to be interesting gathering together with a large group of people again, yeah. uh, since, uh, I mean, I've experienced this in my own church, seeing people come back and not knowing exactly how to react to being in a group of people again. Right. So, so I'm excited about that and what's going to happen in Montgomery. And I don't know what, what are the registrations like for the global gathering? Cause I know you said we have 270 coming to global legislative assembly um, I don't know if you have those numbers in front of you, but uh, I would imagine it's still limited to some degree because Fraser Memorial, you know, is certainly under some restrictions as well. But but we do have right. a lot of people still coming. Right. I don't have the latest numbers in front of me, Bob, but I, I will tell you that uh, the limit, the attendance was limited to a thousand. So uh, so and and Fraser's a huge church. <laughs> So you'll be able to distance, but we need to remind ourselves. I just read an article uh, in the, I think it was New York Times this morning um, about uh, the, the, just the mental work we all have to do to get back out there. Um, and, and, even, and even with someone who has a, who's had the vaccine, there's mental work. There's something psychological that says, ah, can I really? But we need to remember that we're still a month away from the gathering and at this point, as of today, 50% of American adults have had one vaccine. So, uh, so it's a very different, it's a very different dynamic than it would have been even three months ago if we were to gather, or you know, certainly a whole different dynamic if we were to gather six months ago when we didn't know a vaccine was possible. So, um, so of course there'll still be all the protocols, the masking, and all of that stuff. But, but um, I want to ask those who are coming to get your, you know, kind of your head in the game of, of a world that is beginning to come out of this. And in the same way, I want to believe that the United Methodist Church is beginning to come out of this and that there is a future for us that is full of hope. You know, one of our taglines is, is uh, 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 moving forward in a, into a faithful future. I, I want that mentality at the global gathering. For those who are there and for those who are online, we are moving forward into a faithful future. Um, so, but if you can't be there in person, there are lots of simulcast sites all over the United States. Um, I think it's just incredible witness 
to the enthusiasm of our movement that, you know, even in spite of the pandemic, over 80 local churches have signed up to be to serve as simulcast sites. You can also see it, but you know, for the first time, uh, because of the pandemic, we're offering the option for people to live stream the global, global gathering in their own homes. So if you really don't want to be around anybody, you can still see it in your home. Um, and and uh, so go online, sign up. And, and finally, the whole event is being recorded. So People around the world in different time zones will be able to watch the global gathering uh, in your time zone, uh, in your home at a time that works for you. So um, it's just a great testimony, I think, just a great testimony to the passion of our members. It is so easy to forget that our first gathering, can you believe this? It feels like decades ago now. <laughs> Last year seems like a decade ago. <laughs> But it was just five years ago. Our first global gathering was five years ago in Chicago. And here we are hosting our fifth one in the midst of a pandemic. And our members and friends are as fired up as they've ever been about the Wesleyan Covenant Association and what it stands for. And we are the, the, the amount of enthusiasm and encouragement that came with the announcement of the global Methodist church and its formation takes all of this to another level. So we've come a long way, friends, in a short amount of time. And I, I want you to be encouraged. Be encouraged even that God is working in the delays. He never wastes a moment. He certainly doesn't waste a crisis. And um, our discouragement has not stopped us from continuing to form task teams and to further organize, uh, you know, as we Wesleyans say, we organize to beat the devil. So use the time <laughs> to make this as, as uh, profitable and to make as solid a landing place as possible for the day when we can say that um, we, are, we, are, we are ready to do this. Yeah. So true. So good. Such a good, encouraging word. And, and yeah. really there is no better person than you as the chair of the WCA global council to tell us where the council is right now, what they are working on. And can you just give our listeners some of your perspective on where things stand with that right now? Yeah. Well, I, I would say, uh, you know, we, the one day we didn't talk about was the day before the global legislative assembly and two days before the global gathering. Um, there'll be an all day gathering on the 29th uh, for, for our global um, council, the WCA global council. We meet every month um, uh, and, that, and that's folks from around the world on that council. And then we meet uh, usually twice a year, but you know, this, this is the first time we've met in a while uh, uh, face to face, but we'll be there face to face uh, for a whole day, continuing to do the work. I want you to hear that from our perspective, the work has never stopped. The delays have not meant slowing down on, on the formation of the Book of Doctrines and Disciplines, uh, the, the participation in and the, uh, and the, um, I guess the partnership with the transitional leadership team that formed in order to, to include a larger group of folks, uh, other um, groups like the IRD and, and the confessing movement and good news, as well as bishops who are, um, who are with us on this journey. 
So all of those things have continued. And, you know, and, and our kind of in our head, what, what we say to each other often is keep your eyes on the prize, you know, <laughs> keep right. your eyes on the prize. Um, what we had hoped for was an amicable separation. What we still hope for is an amicable separation. And I will just say that that, that, am, that opportunity for amicable separation, that really rests in the hands of, uh, of those who may not agree with us. Everybody has the opportunity still to make this as generous, as gracious, as easy, and as quick as they'd like to. Because it is as simple, because we've done the work now of, of graciously offering to be the ones to leave. It is as simple as saying, we will make this happen. And so um, that's my heart. That's my heart still. That's my prayer. My constant prayer is that this could still be an amicable separation and that it would come sooner than later. And that's what we're working toward in all of our conversation with those who uh, share our theological uh, worldview and those who don't. It's um, it's let's let's make this happen as soon as possible. So I never give up hope on the 2022. I also don't give up hope for something sooner than that. And I hope it can be an amicable uh, an amicable work for all of us. It's that that would be in terms of our witness to the world. That's what we should all want and work for. Well, I want to give our our listeners a a, a preview of what we're going to do podcast wise, and I, you've stoked the fire here, Carolyn, for us, and I think people are going to want to dive in on this. And we are going to have the videos available as we have done with previous global gatherings afterward, where people can watch them. But we're also going to look to record those uh, for audio so that you can listen to them while you're driving around in your car. And also to have, my goal is to have interviews with each speaker to kind of tag on to the end of their, of their talk so that we can hear a little bit from them and, mm -hmm. and so forth. Now, Stephanie's not going to be able to be in Montgomery. Her senior pastor is going to be on sabbatical, right? Yes. So and she I hate is. To it, hate to not be there in person, but I'll definitely be there in spirit and online. Yeah. So, so, uh, so I'm taking all the gear and going to be there to, to do some recording, hopefully catch some other folks as, as we're there. And, and so for the next few episodes after, after we are in Montgomery, we're going to have uh, some of those recordings and, and, and perspectives and views. I'm looking forward to, to interviewing, hopefully uh, some of our folks who are uh, more international um, from mm. the international side of our, of our movement, mm -hmm. uh, because those voices need to be heard. And, um, you know, we may need to do that electronically at some point, but, but those are things we're looking at, at adding onto our, our podcast platform here. Um, just having, just having more and more voices that are available now that we're able to be in one place yes. in person, that's going to be a great opportunity to be able to do that. I, we're going to have a little studio there and, hopefully uh, an opportunity for people to drop in and, and chat with us and be able to publish those for, for Holy Conversations. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. It's going to be very, very exciting. Carolyn, do you have any other closing thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners before we wrap up? Yes. I want, I want to ask you uh, if you're listening today and you're wondering what's the next thing I can do? What's, how can I personally uh, support the movement? Um, 
tell the story. That's the way you can best support the movement. We've become, uh, uh, in, 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 in and the pandemic seems to have exacerbated the problem. The feeling of distrust and distance has just been exacerbated by the, by the pandemic. But friends, my call to every United Methodist and every person who is, uh, who, who is supporting the global Methodist movement is this, tell our story, tell, uh, tell your reason for why you personally are part of it and advocate publicly and, and often for the creation and, and for moving forward with this, because the sooner we get past this threshold, the sooner we get past this threshold, the sooner we can all be about the work of telling people about Jesus Christ with our whole, all our, our whole calendar, <laughs> our whole voice, with no distractions, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and, and let the Lord Jesus take care of the details. So uh, tell the story. Be bold, friends. Be bold. Now's your time. Thank you so much, Carolyn. We're so grateful to you for your time with us today, for your great words of wisdom, but also for all of the work that you have put in to the Global Legislative Council and being on the council. We're just so grateful to you for your leadership for us right now. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Such a privilege. You guys are doing awesome work. I hear people listening. Uh, People are listening because I hear from them all the time. So way to go, guys. Way to go. We thank you, Carolyn. And we want to remind everyone that if you are listening, you can leave us your questions and comments at podcast at wesleyandcovenant.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at WCA pod. We encourage you to check out the global gathering information on the WCA website at wesleyandcovenant.org, where you can register to attend in person or find out where you can join online uh, to be part of that marvelous event that's coming up here in just a couple of weeks. I'm really looking forward to being there and we'll bring you more coverage from there and look forward to talking to you more again as we continue to move forward and go global together. Thank you, Carolyn. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time here on Holy Conversations, the podcast of the Wesleyan Covenant Association. 